Thank you for joining us today. We hope this teaching inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you tools for everyday life. We encourage you to visit us at mbcocala.com to discover more about the life-changing ministry at Meadowbrook, as well as convenient ways you can partner with us financially in helping people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. Enjoy the message. Meadowbrook, how are you guys feeling tonight? How's everybody doing? Yeah, let's give Jesus some praise one time in the house. Come on, give it up for Jesus. Yeah. Well, it's great to be back with you guys. And yeah, I feel like I'm the uncle. It's my third time to be back. So uh, you guys are a family now. And I've known Pastor Tom Fox for many years, even back when he was down in Tampa. And so we keep in touch regularly. And you guys are under incredible leadership here with Pastor Tim. I've been following what's going on. Give it up for your pastor. Yeah. You guys are launching new campuses and inspiring us. And uh, we started an SEU campus because you guys have one here. And uh, yeah, so give it up for that. But it's great to be with you guys. It's been a little while since I've been here, a little bit, uh, almost about a year and a half. And so I'm going to open up with a spoken word piece tonight that's going to tell you kind of a little bit of what my journey has been since I've seen you guys last. And, uh, and then we'll kind of take it from there. So this piece is called Eternal. It's been a rough year, but one thing that's really helped me is my perspective, and I don't know what you're going through tonight, but I hope this helps you with yours. So Meadowbrook family, here's a little bit of my story. I recently lost my father. Eight months later, I lost my mother. On top of that, I lost a spiritual dad. It's been a real struggle. My memories have been on shuffle. I'm thinking about the good times, but now they all sound muffled. My heart is so troubled. See, my dad had an aneurysm, never fully recovered. He laid in bed for 16 years, 320 days, and we prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed that my pops would get raised. But eventually, He got worse and died. And I wrestled with the Creator and cried out, God, why'd you have to let the good ones die? First, I didn't get a clear answer. In the middle of that pain, my mom got diagnosed with cancer. I'm seeing her deteriorate into a different person. Physically and emotionally, the pain continued to worsen. But I know, somehow, God's got this. But after a three-year battle, my mom got put on hospice. It's so hard to watch this. Someone that was so full of life now didn't have the energy to walk. Someone that was so full of words now couldn't even talk. But she fought, and he fought, and I held on to the scriptures that they taught. They fought their fight. They finished their race. They taught me grace. They set the pace. Now they get to see their creator's face. As I pour out these words on my journal, there's a word that comforts me, eternal. Because our soul lives on after we leave this earth. And the Bible promises heaven to those that have a spiritual rebirth with Jesus. He comforts us, he frees us. So the best is yet to come. It's going to get better. I'll see you soon, fam, because we're going to live 
forever. Pray with me. Father, we come before you tonight. And God, I pray as we just start off this time right now, God, you know what people are going through right now. You know that there's some people here that have lost someone that they love. There's pain that other people are going through right now. Maybe they came to church tonight and they've been feeling overwhelmed. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit right now is going to wrap your arms around them and they can experience your love in a way like they never have before, God. They can experience comfort and peace and, and hope. And God, I pray, that, I pray that moving forward, God, there's going to be a new season in 2019, God, of restoration and rebuilding, God. And as they get rebuilt, God, that they'll begin to rebuild others and serve others around them. And so, God, just be with our time together tonight. Encourage us as we're together as the body on this first Wednesday night. You're doing new things in this house and this church, God. Amazing things are taking place, God. And I pray that this is going to be the best year yet. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. amen. Give it up for Jesus one time. Well, I wanted to start out tonight and just kind of be a little vulnerable. Is that okay? A little, little transparent of some of the stuff that, that I've been through since I've, I've seen you guys last time. And uh, how many of you guys have gone through some pain or some loss maybe kind of recently? Look, look around the room. A lot of hands up. A lot of us have gone through some things. And so we have that in common many times. But we got to learn to grieve properly. And one of the things i found that's helped me on my journey is to have that eternal perspective that I just did that spoken word piece about. Um, I miss my mom and my dad and this other man that was like a pillar in our church, like a spiritual dad to me. But I, I know where they're at because they had a relationship with Jesus. I know that I'm going to see them again. I know that they've got a new body that cancer can't invade anymore, right? Make some noise if you know that tonight, right? We've got to find opportunities and ways that we can be open about our pain and talk about it. Because when, when you bring it out in the light, that's, that's when, you know, it doesn't have that power that it had in the darkness. And that's when it can help somebody else as well. So at our church down in Tampa, at Crossover Church, our theme for 2019 is, is freedom. And so the scripture that we've been kind of, is our theme verse this year is, is Galatians 5.13, where it says, as believers, we're called to freedom. And we're not called to abuse it for our own sinful desires, but we're called to be in freedom and walk in that so we can serve other people in love. And when you begin to think about other people and not just your situation and not just your pain, but you can also help other people as you've been comforted by God and you have hope and you have peace and you begin to experience some of that freedom. And when you serve other people, amazing stuff happens. And God uses you beyond what you could ever dream or imagine. So tonight for a couple of minutes, I want to talk to you guys about loving your neighbor, loving your neighbor, loving your city, even if you've gone through some pain. So a lot of you guys know we live in a world that's full of a lot of disruption right now, right? I mean, think about it. Um, and all the different things that have changed in industry even in the past uh, five to ten years. Uber has changed the way that we get a ride, right? Amazon has changed the way that we shop. You know, uh, remember Blockbuster? <laughs> Netflix and things like Spotify and Apple Music, they've changed the way that we, you know, get our media and our music and our movies and all those things. There's all this disruption that's happened all around us. And guess what? There's a lot more disruption that's still coming. A lot more that's just around the corner. 
Um, the neighborhood that our church is located in, it's, it's, it's an urban neighborhood, but there's a lot of exciting things happening around it. And in the last couple of years, it's been designated as an innovation district. And so there's all these exciting things happening, new businesses coming in. USF is right up the street. There's all these research hospitals and bush gardens is right down the street from us. And so um, we are actually the largest church in the, in the neighborhood, in the district. And I've been invited to sit on the advisory board of this innovation district. And so I get to sit in these meetings and I get to hear about all this innovation that's coming from cars that drive themselves um, to AI, to automation, all these things that's, that's just around the corner. Um, our neighborhood that our church is in is actually the first place in the world that uses Tesla as public transportation. That's kind of cool, right? So, so we think about all this disruption that's happening, all this disruption that's, that's happening around us in our cities and our communities. Um, there, there's also just an influx of there's gentrification happening. There's more immigrants happening, uh, coming. There's, there's more people moving into different neighborhoods that didn't live there before. So there's this mix in the cities and the suburbs of people that are coming together of different ethnic groups, of different cultures, of different age groups, of different classes, of people that speak different languages, and it's all converging. And so the bottom line is our neighbors are becoming more and more diverse. How many of y'all have noticed that? Like, things are getting more and more diverse around us. Now, of course, at the same time, we live in this era where it seems like there's been more um, division, right? Have you noticed that? There's been more disrespect. There's been more discrimination. There's, and, and in the middle of that, we see on social media and the news, there's these heartbreaking stories that happen, and, and our culture's in crisis, but many times the church is not invited to the table. And how many of y'all know we got solutions, we're called to be agents of reconciliation, right, and change. But many times we're not invited to the leadership table. It's almost like in many circles we've lost our credibility. We've lost our place at the table. And I think a lot of that is because a lot of churches overall have not been loving their neighbors like they could or loving their neighbors like they should. And so the church as a whole, we have to do a better job. Now, there's a lot of churches and Christians that kind of just stay in their comfort zone and they just love the people that look like them and dress like them and smell like them, right? But our neighbors are becoming different. But I love being able to come to a church like this where if you look around the room tonight, you see people of all different skin colors, all different ages, all different ethnic groups. Give it up for yourself. This is a glimpse of heaven. And I love to see that there's diversity in Ocala, Florida. I remember the first time I came here two years ago, I was kind of shocked, like, oh, wow, okay, this is beautiful to see all these people together. It reminds me of my church, and this is what the church is supposed to look like, right? We're supposed to love our neighbors as we love ourselves, and our neighbors many times look very different. And so before we get into this text tonight, I, I want to do one more spoken word piece. Is that cool? Yeah. I just came out with a new album um, just a couple of days ago called Love Our City, and, and I want to do this piece for you, and, it, and it's called Will You Be My Neighbor? And some of you guys might recognize the music here in the beginning. So go ahead and play that. Anybody remember Mr. Rogers? So all you younger people, you can Google that. He had a documentary that came out. It's pretty cool. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Will you be my neighbor? But wait, there's some conditions. You need to line up with my neighbor rendition. 
You need to line up with my position on the border wall, immigration and prison reform. See, neighbor, you don't have to look like me, but you have to conform and assimilate to what I say is the norm. <laughs> and if not, well, I'll unfriend you. I'll block you. I'll drop you. As a matter of fact, you can be sure that behind your back, I'll mock you. But if you do line up with my ideas, well, great. But wait, I need to check your papers, your credit score. And by the way, are you straight? Because honestly, I hate people that are different than me. I don't even talk to half the people in my family tree because they don't know how to be a good neighbor like me. So that's a little bit of satire for you. But honestly, that's how some people operate. If you don't agree with them, they're going to unfriend you. They won't talk to you. And sometimes as Christians, we can end up doing that as well. We have to be careful because our neighbors are different than us. So let me break this down a little bit more. So what did Jesus mean when he said, we have to love our neighbors as we love ourselves? Well, a lot of Christians don't know because their Bible's collecting dust up on the shelf. Well, in Luke chapter 10, Jesus was asked the question, who is my neighbor? There's a powerful lesson. His culture, like ours, was full of discrimination, and people chose who their neighbor was by a process of elimination. So he told this parable about this Samaritan that was despised, and two religious leaders walked by and basically compromised, but Jesus revised this Samaritan's title to good because he stopped and helped this beat-up Jew like a true neighbor would. Now, the Jews and Samaritans, they had beef. And if this Jew would have been healthy, he might have gave this Samaritan grief. So what we can learn is no matter the lifestyle, the politics, or the skin color, we can show our neighbor the love of Christ as a sister, a brother. Yeah, so look at your neighbor next to you and tell him, will you be my neighbor? <laughs> So you guys awake now? Pressed a couple hot button issues. Got you guys awake now tonight. Luke chapter 10. We're going to look at that tonight. Jesus reminds us who our neighbors are. And there was this religious leader. He knew the law inside and out. And so he came to Jesus and he was basically trying to antagonize him probably and make himself look good in the process. And starting in, in verse 25 of Luke chapter 10 says this. It says, one day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say and how do you read it? So in classic Jesus form, he was asked a question. What did he do? He threw a question back at him. Don't you love it when Jesus does that? So the guy answered and he said, well, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your strength, and your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus said, right, right, do this and you will live. Okay, so that part of the conversation went well, but here's where it begins to get interesting. Look at verse 29. Then the man who wanted to justify his actions, uh, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? So basically he was trying to cross off on the list who wasn't his neighbor. Like, let me choose who my neighbor is. He was kind of looking for a loophole. 
He just wanted to love the people that maybe looked like him and lived in the same neighborhood and were from the same economic bracket. And, you know, um, they, they just, the people he was comfortable with, the, a.k.a. the same tribe, right? Unfortunately, a lot of people, they operate like this today. A lot of Christians do. A lot of churches do. And sometimes we're not even intentional because many times we just kind of cluster around people that we're most comfortable with, right? And, and it, it could just happen. But now we see our neighbors are getting more and more diverse around us. And when we look at this word neighbor, we should biblically see there isn't a loophole. It means all of your neighbors, the people that you work around, shop around, play around, live around, like a.k.a. your city. And your city is not just one ethnic group. It's not just one age group. It's not just one economic bracket, right? It's diverse. You look around here tonight and you guys get it. Right? We see all this diversity that's here in this room tonight. I'm sure the people that are worshiping online, there's, there's a whole bunch of different people that are there as well. So our church, the past couple of years, we've done this campaign called Love Our City. And so it's this big campaign. We serve the city and love the city in all these different ways. And so people regularly ask us, and the media will even show up sometimes and ask us, why are you doing this? And so our answer is always, we take the, the words of Jesus very seriously. When he said to love our neighbor as we love ourselves, we actually want to do that. We want to care about our neighbors. Even if we don't know them yet, we want to get to know them. So question is tonight, even if your neighbor looks different than you, can you show them love? Can you bless them? Can you invite them to church? Can you invite them over for dinner? Can you take them out? Can you spend some time? Can you mentor them? Absolutely. That's our biblical mandate, right? You look around the room, and a lot of you guys, uh, you get this, right? So last year, our church, we did Love Our City. We did 107 community service projects with over 1,000 volunteers in one week. Yeah. Give God some praise, but that was awesome. And so we were able to touch about 10,000 people, and we were very intentional to say who lives in our neighborhood, who's our neighbor, who's the different tribes that are represented. So within a three-mile radius of our church, we have college students, we have business people, we have single moms, we have people in poverty, we have homeless people, we have retirees, we have immigrants, we have tourists, we have all these different people. So then we came up, let's do different projects that will touch each one of these different demographics, like all of our city. So that week, we served 829 meals, appreciation lunches, to every teacher in our district, every police officer, every firefighter, and to a couple of the hospitals, to the hospital workers. And so we just went and showed up. I mean, we arranged it, uh, but we showed up, and we fed everybody lunch, and we gave them a gift bag. We showed up at 1,700 homes, and we just knocked on the door. We called Knock Knock Groceries. We just showed up randomly, and they're like, hello? We're like, yeah, we brought you groceries. For what? It's Love Our City Week. You didn't hear about it. We all had the T-shirts on, and they're like, uh, okay, uh, what's that for? And then we began to tell them, they're like, man, this is awesome, you know. We showed up at Starbucks multiple times, and we bought everybody's coffee. We went to the gas station. We paid for everybody's gas. We went to the bus terminal. We did about 500 bus tickets throughout the week, about 100 each time that we went. We went to five different laundromats. Each time we had $500 worth of quarters. So we'd walk in the laundromat. There might be like 15 people there and be like, hey, guys, we're just here tonight, you know, doing Love Our City, and we just want to buy all your laundry. We have detergent and everything. We just want to take care of you guys tonight. And they're like, for real? What? Hey, you need to get down here to the laundromat. 
bring, bring everything. Bring, bring the comforters. Bring everything. So like cars start pulling up, people with shopping carts. I mean, like trunks are opening up. Within 30 minutes, every washing machine is used. The place is packed. It's full of energy. And people are waiting for their laundry, and then we're able to engage them. And they're like, why are y'all doing this? You know, and we begin to talk to people and, and tell, where, where are you from? We're from Crossover Church. Oh, man, I've been looking for a church. Oh, I'm going through this. Can you pray with me? And there were so many amazing ministry opportunities that happened throughout that week because we decided to just go out and love our neighbor, all kinds of different neighbors in our community. It was awesome. About 80% of our church was engaged in it. So back to Luke chapter 10. What did Jesus say to this guy that was looking for a loophole? Well, Jesus replied with a story. <laughs> he replied with a story about a priest, a religious guy, and a Samaritan. Almost sounds like the beginning of a joke, right? There was a priest, there was a, you know, right? But it wasn't a joke. Verse 30, Jesus said this. He said, a Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho. He was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, they beat him, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, and when he saw the man lying there, he crossed over to the other side of the road and kept walking. Not a good look for the priest, right? Well, you know, it was a 17-mile journey between the two cities. Maybe he was in a hurry. Maybe he had to go do a hospital visit or something. I don't know. You know, maybe it was about to get dark, and maybe he was scared that it was a setup and they were going to jump him too. You know, I don't know. But then the, the, the passage goes on, and then a second guy comes along, and he's a religious leader also from the church, from the temple. And he walks by, and he actually goes over to him and checks on him. And then he's like, all right, I'll pray for you. And he's out. I don't know if he did the prayer part, I hope, right? So two religious leaders walked by and didn't help this guy. And then the third person that comes along is this Samaritan. And, and watch what verse 33 says. It says, then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he had compassion on him. Now, what kind of Samaritan did it say he was? But wait a minute. Most of us, we've heard about this story at some point. It's the what Samaritan? No, no, no. It's the what Samaritan? The good Samaritan. Okay, y'all with me. Y'all with me. <laughs> I was testing you. Right? We know the story is the good Samaritan, but the scripture said he was despised. So if you don't know the historical context here, you missed the punchline. Because Samaritans in that culture in Jesus' time, they weren't looked at as the good guys. They were looked at as the bad guys. So they were uh, mixed with a different ethnic group, so they were kind of considered to be half-breeds. And so anybody here mixed with some other things? Like, I'm mixed with all kinds of things. They don't know what, you know, y'all don't even know what I am, right? And so they were considered to be second-class citizens. They weren't fully Jewish. They were just part, and they didn't fully follow the, the law. And, you know, so they were, honestly, they were looked down on regularly. And now this man that was hurt was Jewish. But this guy that came along was a despised Samaritan who, if that Jew was healthy, might have discriminated against him. So that Samaritan could have walked by and saw that Jew there and been like, that's what you get, <laughs> and just kept walking. But no, he didn't do that. He looked at him and said, even though he's a Jew, and he might not even like my people, he's a human. He's my neighbor. He's made in the Imago Dei, the image of God, and I'm going to have compassion on him, and I'm going to stop, and, and I'm going to help him. So he wasn't worried about what's going to happen to me if I stop and help him. His mindset was, what will happen to him if I don't stop and help him? Wow. And so he stopped 
and he helped this Jew. He stopped and helped him. And in this story, he loved his neighbor. The Samaritan actually became the hero of the story. So look at what happens next. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. And he took the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. And if the bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you next time I'm here. Then look at what Jesus says. He says, now, which one of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man that was attacked by bandits? And so that man, he replied, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. Jesus was here tonight. He'd be telling us, go and do the same. Like, love our neighbor, no matter what their skin color is or their politics or their age or how they're dressed or what they smell like or how much money they have in their bank account or if they don't have a bank account at all. Like, love them. Show compassion on them. So Jesus gave us this example of being a true neighbor, and he says, do the same. There is no loophole. There's not. And we don't love our neighbor to earn God's love. Guess what? You love your neighbor as an expression of what God's already done for us. How many of y'all, God's done some great stuff for you? So we got to reciprocate that, right? God first did this for me. He first loved me. Now I get to love other people. I don't have to. I get to. And so the way that we love our community and love our neighbors and, and, and reach them for Jesus, it's got to look probably a little different than it did 10 years ago or 20 years ago because our culture is shifting. There's a lot of disruption that's happening. And so everybody that we touched that week during Love Our City Week, during those 107 projects, everybody would give them an invite card to the party. Everybody likes a party, right? The Love Our City party, you got to come out. There's going to be free food. There's going to be bounce houses for the kids, amazing music. It's going to be an inspirational message. Guess where the party was? It was at church that Sunday. So in 2018, when we did Love Our City, that Sunday after was the largest Sunday in our church history that we ever had. Uh, we had hundreds and hundreds of new people come. We had over 100 people start a relationship with Jesus and actually fill out the card and take it to the table. And it was like, yes, go Jesus, right? So we did a bunch of follow-up that week. And the following Sunday, we had 88 people come back and get baptized. And so give God some praise. It's been like... It's been this awesome revolutionary thing happening in Tampa, and a lot of other churches are jumping in on it as well. And so since then, it's been this trickle-down effect. Some people might not come to church until, like, you know, they'll come to church, like, six months later or three months later, like, oh, it's the first time. Yeah, yeah. y'all came and fed us at, our, at where I work at, or you brought me groceries at my door, or I was here and somebody with a shirt touched me, or, or you went to my friend's job and they brought me. And so there's been so many amazing stories that have happened over the past two years as we've been doing Love Our City. And so tonight, I didn't come alone. I actually brought somebody with me. This is my man, John Punch. Stand up, John. This is John Punch. So John is the director of our college ministry at our church. I know a lot of you thought he was my bodyguard. Um, it works out pretty good. I get a two-for-one when he travels with me, so, you know. <laughs> but, but John, he, he runs our college ministry and our SEU campus, by the way, that was, again, inspired by you guys. And so really cool story is John moved into the neighborhood 
two years ago, right before we did the first Love Our City campaign. And so as we went out into the community that week, and he kept seeing all these people with the Love Our City shirts at all these different places in the neighborhood. He was like, man, I keep seeing these people everywhere. What's this about? And he found out, and he got a car, and he's like, man, I got to go to this church on Sunday. He shows up at church that Sunday, and it's funny because he's texting a guy saying, hey, you know, a guy that he met on a missions trip, you got to hear about this church in Tampa. And so then I walk out on the stage, and I'm greeting everyone. It's our, our 1230, our third service, and, and I give a shout-out to the guy that he's texting. His name was Scott. And I'm like, hey, Scott's here from Atlanta. He's our friend from City Takers, you know, and he looks over, and he's in the same row as Scott. And he's like, oh, my goodness, I went on a missions trip with this guy eight years ago, and he lives in Atlanta, and he's here in Tampa at this church I was just texting him about. <laughs> right? And, and it's a little side note. Scott is now actually going to be the lead pastor of our second location, which is going to be Crossover Church Atlanta, Crossover Church ATL. Yeah. And so we're launching that location coming up in the next couple of months. We got almost 200 people that are on the launch team up there. And so, but anyways, back to John, John Punch. Isn't that a great name? So John Punch, we, we got to talking. He had been in ministry before. He had been a missionary before. And so we went to lunch, and he had this passion for college students. And our church is right up the street from University of South Florida, USF. Go Bulls, right? We got, we got 50,000 college students there almost from all over the world. And so we had always wanted to start a college ministry, but you need the right person. And so we had a couple like false starts and didn't quite work out. And so we began to talk and dream about that. And a little bit over a year ago, he launched our college ministry with just two college students. And today there's over 100 college students that are regularly attending our church. Amazing stuff is happening. All those kids, every single one of them except one now, is, is brand new to the church within the last six months to 12 months, and many of them are new to Jesus. And when we did Love Our City this past year, a bunch of them also got reached through that. So we can even see this ministry got birthed and launched because we decided to step out and, and love our city. So give it up for Jesus for that. So tonight I want to ask you guys, as I get ready to wrap it up here in a moment, um, how can you be a better neighbor? How can you be a better neighbor? How can you reach the person that's next door? How can you reach the person that's at your job? How can you reach your friend at school? Some of you are in college. Some of you are in high school. Some of you are in taking classes right now. Um, how do you reach people that are different than you? Um, I recently wrote a 30-day devotional book. It's called Love Our City, Learning to Love Your Neighbor as You Love Yourself. It kind of unpacks this in, in more of a thing. I've got some with me tonight. So you can get a book, and that will kind of help you along that journey. But, but here's your action steps, and we're going to give you some action steps tonight. Um, but I want to ask you this. If you're here and you want to become a better neighbor tonight, you're like, I want to reach people around me. I want people to experience Jesus and the freedom and the love and the restoration that I have. If you're here tonight and you say, man, I want to be a better neighbor, Pastor Tommy, Uncle Urban D. I want to be a better neighbor. If that's you, I want you to stand up. Just stand up right now if you're saying, I want to be a better neighbor. I want to reach more people for Jesus. Give it up for everyone that's standing. Come on. Yeah. So I want to give you three quick action steps, and then I want to pray for you tonight. So number one is, Pray for your neighbors. Like not just a little shout-out prayer once in a while when you think about it, but every day, pray for your neighbors. Like ask God to put some specific names on your heart, 
of maybe five people that you know that are far from Jesus or maybe in a broken place right now and begin to pray for those people by name. Say, God, I pray for Andrew. I pray for Julie. I pray for Tyrone. I pray for Tasha. I pray for Joe. I pray for them. I'm praying for those people every day. Pray for them. Second thing is ask God to give you wisdom and discernment and help you step out of your comfort zone to love people that are different than you. Because you can do it. Because many times we only think we can love the people that kind of look like us. And if we reach out to someone that's younger than us or older than us or a different skin color or dresses different than us, has a different style, um, we think, well, maybe I I can't do it. But many times, you know what that is? It's fear that we're going to get rejected. And guess what? Sometimes we will get rejected. But the Holy Spirit will give you the words. The Holy Spirit can set up the atmosphere, can prepare that person's heart. Because as you build a relationship with that person, you're praying for that person, you're trying to love that person, God will set it up, and miracles will happen. At our church, we've seen all kinds of unlikely people reach other people that were so different than them, and they became great friends. I could tell you so many stories. So first one is love your neighbors. Second one is love people. Pray for your neighbors. Second one is love people that are different than you. And the last one is find opportunities to serve them. How can you serve them? How can you meet a tangible need? How can you show them a way that you actually care? Because you know the old saying, right? People don't, care. Uh, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. So find a way to reach out in a tangible way and just show them some love. It crosses bridges. It crosses barriers. It breaks things down. When we did Love Our City each time, I mean, it would just set the atmosphere. And people's perception of church and Christians, many times it was, it was negative. That was broken when they met these people that just showed them love. They were just like, wow. So I want to pray for you tonight. If you're here tonight, you stood up and you said, I want to be a better neighbor. I just want you to put a hand up in the air. This is just saying to God, like, I can't do it on my own, God. I need the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit to guide me and direct me and help me. Let me pray for you tonight. Father, I just come before you. As I look around this room tonight, this is a beautiful sight. There's literally hundreds and hundreds of of soldiers here, of warriors, hundreds and hundreds of neighbors that are standing up with hands lifted up and hearts lifted up saying, God, we want to be better neighbors. We've experienced something supernatural and incredible. We've experienced your love. We've experienced the good news, the gospel, Jesus Christ has came into our life. He's forgiven us of our sins, of our mistakes. He's made us brand new. He's comforted us when we've had pain, when we've had issues. He's helped us grow. And now we want to reach other people. There's a whole bunch of people in Ocala and the surrounding area that they need Jesus. Many of our neighbors, we work with them, we go to school with them, we live in the same neighborhood as them, we shop in the same Walmart as them, and they need you. There's people hurting around us. God, give us eyes to see them. Help us to see the harvest that's in front of us and give us compassion, just like this Samaritan had. This despised Samaritan, Jesus renamed him as the good Samaritan because he had compassion. God, God, give us eyes of compassion. Help us to pray for our neighbors. God, help us not to be scared to reach out to people that are different than us. And God, give us tangible ways tangible ways that we can serve them, relevant ways that we can serve them that's going to touch them and meet them right where they're at. 
We pray that your Holy Spirit will prepare our hearts and prepare their hearts. And God, I just pray over Meadowbrook. Meadowbrook Church, God, the new location, the new initiatives of them reaching their city in new ways in 2019. God, raise up this army of hundreds and hundreds of people, thousands of people that are part of this church family to turn this city upside down and show them the love of Jesus like never, ever before. God, we thank you in advance for what you're gonna do because I believe revival's coming. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. 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 Come on, give it up for Jesus tonight. Give it up if you're ready to love your city tonight. Well, I'll tell you what, can, can, I end, can I do a song and end on a high note? Because that's exciting. Look, look around the room at everybody that's standing up. If you're not standing up, you could stand up now too. Come on and stand up. We're going to do a song and we're going to end out. And simply all I need you to help me with today is say, love our city. Okay? Love our city. Okay, that was pretty good if there was like 100 people in the room. But there's a lot more than that. So, so help me out one more time. Say, love our city. There you go, there you go, all right, all right. So I'm gonna do this song for you called Love Our City. It's from the new album, and on the screens, you're gonna see some samples of what Love Our City looked like in Tampa. So go ahead and run that. I love you. Meadowbrook, I love y'all. How many of y'all love Ocala? Make some noise for your city. I love Tampa, that's my city up there. Here's a little bit of my story. I used to be dirty, grimy, gritty, survival mode, self-saving and witty, I'm busy. No time for committees, trying to build my empire like Diddy, but it crushed me. It crumbled and stripped me, but God, he saved me and flipped me, rebuilt me, he's with me, he's rocked me, he's with me, he came to this vision just to come out of city. Come on, help me out. We're going to love our city. All right, y'all ready? Here we go on the beat. We're going to love our city. Come on, come on, help me out. Here we go, come on. We're gonna love our city. You got it. All right, somebody over here. Come on, help me out. Ready? Here we go, when the beat drops. I'm gonna All right, goes like this, listen. Women empower, so we empower others, fathers and mothers and sisters and brothers and haters and lovers. The haters, they love us. Once they discover the hope that we cover, we see. There's no blindness. We're loving our city with acts and our kindness. Or should I say queso? Come with some basils. We'll buy your coffee. You hold your pesos. We got free groceries. We'll cut your lawn. Praying for cats and fill up a drum. We stretch like an army. You know what's this army we lit? We crush and we smashing. 2,000 hours of volunteer passion. Saved by his grace. Changing the space. Suitcase city. Innovation place. Put your hands together. God is with me. He's with us. Love my city. Come on, help me out. Help me go. Love our city. Y'all got it. Over here, where you at? They got scared. All right, here we go. Is there anybody that can dance? Because this is like your moment right now to shine. Like right there in the aisle. Just, you know, 
At some of our church there, we were just having a great time, loving our city. Make some noise for Jesus, and if you're ready to go love your city, Meadowbrook Church, I love you guys. I'll be hanging out at the table. You can just keep in touch with me on social media at UrbanD813. Love y'all. God bless. We've had a good night, amen? Hey, real quick, we want to give you some more action steps with that. We've been talking the past couple of weeks about our Nurture Network. And this is really our kind of arm into the community where you can find out about local partners, international partners, and all the ways that you can really love our city. So we encourage you, check that out on our website. Hey, have a great night. Go love the city. We will see you on Sunday. You are dismissed. Thanks again for listening to this message resource for Meadowbrook. You can stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.